0: الحمد لله، الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين استفأ. أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. ويؤثرون على أنفسهم ولو كان بهم خصاصة صدق الله العظيم. Most respected students of Deen. Mothers and Sisters With the grace of Allah Ta'ala, with His Fazal and Karam We have discussed many things over the years And many lessons have been repeatedly mentioned and some of these things will have to be repeatedly mentioned for many more years to come so that they become part of our life part of our hearts and minds this is what we just said that it must become part of our hearts and minds this is what we often talk about the mindset that what is the mindset that we should have what is the mindset that we should develop we should create because with the passage of time the mindset gets completely warped sometimes if a person is in the wrong company in the wrong circles in situations where people are all thinking in a different way note in a different line so a person who is engaging in that kind of company that kind of place, that kind of people that kind of setting that person's mindset also gets completely changed so therefore it's very very important to keep checking that is our mindset conforming to the mindset that Shariat has given us has asked us to have and to develop the mindset of the Quran and Sunnah is our mindset according to this or is it away from this if it is according to this Alhamdulillah if it is away from this then that is a big problem the subject that we have on hand is something different but as we are getting to this point something is coming to mind in terms of this mindset which was fresh Something that some, was just mentioned yesterday, so therefore it's coming to mind now and it's related in any case to what we are discussing. Sometimes people may think that perhaps there is no other subject to talk about, so therefore this is the only thing that keeps coming up. But like our Hazrat Wala, Hazrat ki Maud Akhtar Sahab, rahmatullah Alayhi, is to keep discussing the issue of guarding the gaze, guarding the heart, And he would sometimes then mention also That people say that Is there no other thing to talk talk about Is this the only thing to talk about So then Hazrat used to explain And say that when there is a Plague that has now Broken out, like for example at the moment There is a big hubbub About the very Major problem of Ebola The disease that is in Some countries of West Africa and many people are dying as a result of this disease and even western countries are all in a state of panic almost why because this is a major disease people contact this disease and then become very ill and then pass away so has it then you so explain using this kind of thing as an example that there is a cholera outbreak many times previously Many countries there was this kind of thing, a cholera outbreak. In India also, there used to be many plagues. So, sometimes in one plague, 10,000 people, 20,000 people, 50,000 people in that plague over that couple of months are losing their lives. In the early days of Islam also, there were some plagues of this nature. One plague, Ta'un Amwas, 30,000 Sahaba lost their lives during this plague so as I just use this as an example that if there is a plague of for example cholera will a person now be concerned about giving medication for flu or he will be now dispensing cholera medication because that has become the plague the flu the person who has got the flu will take care of himself he will find something he will sort something else the thing of urgency is to dispense the medication for the cholera. Like presently the whole world is now concerned about how to try and create some kind of, produce some kind of uh, remedy for the Ebola virus. So now everybody is parashaan. Allah tell us nizam and among the things that have been foretold to us in the Hadith Sharif, on the one hand we should make dua That whoever has been inflicted with these kind of illnesses, Allah Ta'ala give them shifa. Those who are believers, Allah Ta'ala give them shifa also. Those who are not believers, Allah Ta'ala give them shifa and give them shifa from the main illness of kufr as well. Give them iman as well. So we must make dua for them. We shouldn't regard ourselves as uh, immune from all these things because this is happening far away in another country. Allah Ta'ala save us also, save others as well. So, we should be making dua for them, but at the same time we should be reflecting on the ahadith also that in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam was already foretold that when people will get involved in immorality, then such sicknesses and illnesses will overtake them which their forefathers had never heard of. And we know full well what is going on in the world, what, what kind of diseases, AIDS and whatever else. And now this Ebola, and much of it is as a result of not the specific people necessarily that are getting caught up in it, but on a general note, the amount of immorality and vice and haram activities that are taking place, that this is the reason why these kind of diseases are becoming so common. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and save everybody else as well so that was just something that we digressed on the l- point we were making is that Hazrat Wala say, Hazrat ki, Maud, akhtar, sahab, that when there is a cholera outbreak then a person doesn't go about dispensing flu medication the flu things people will take care of themselves the urgent need at that time is to dispense medication that will treat the cholera so likewise when there is a plague of bad nazri people misusing their eyes and there is a plague of the heart being filled with all this filth and vice so at that time that is the need of the moment to talk about that and to dispense that medication so therefore almost without fail in every talk Hazrat would bring this up Directly, one is on a general note It would come everywhere obviously But more directly Almost in every talk he would talk about The harms of misusing the gaze Looking at haram And then the filth that comes in the heart And as a result what goes on So Hazrat would talk about this He says whoever doesn't want to listen to it They must go elsewhere But I believe that this is the need of the time And indeed it was the need of the time And everybody attested to that reality that not opened their eyes that this was the need of the time so in any case just as that is still the need of the time together with that the plague of fashion the plague of immoral dress the plague of western attire this too is a plague and therefore this has to be repeatedly mentioned because What prompted this and what brought this to mind was something that somebody mentioned just yesterday. He was in another town somewhere and he happened to speak to somebody who is very involved in deen. Somebody who has taluk with pious people. And he spoke to him about he was looking for a suitable spouse for his son so he asked him that if you know some family that is you know somebody with a good background and then he mentioned certain requirements that he wanted somebody from such a home and such a type of person who has at least these few basic things and among the common things he mentioned was one is that there's no t- television in the home and then apart from that he mentioned that uh, she mustn't be dressing in all this Western kind of clothing and all this tight-fitting clothing and jeans and so on. Even though it is sometimes Islamically, so to say, so to say Islamic attire, but tight-fitting. So now a person who is a person involved in Deen, who has talluk with pious people, who is a person who is regarded as a senior person in the deeni circles. So his very very casual response was where are you going to get that? Everybody is now wearing that kind of clothing now. Which girl doesn't dress like that? Though Alhamdulillah we are aware that many don't dress like that. Though on a general note that dressing has been affected across the board illa, mashallah. the few that have not been affected at all. Otherwise some effect has come across the board illa, mashallah but there are still many, alhamdulillah, who, to a great extent, adopt modest attire, attire that fulfills the shari requirement of haya. So, alhamdulillah, that is there. But this person, in his circles, he wasn't aware of anybody. In his circles, he wasn't aware of anybody. So the whole mindset had changed also. He is discouraging this person from even bothering about considering that kind of uh, qualities or that kind of conditions that he must now not even bother looking for a daughter-in-law who doesn't wear that kind of clothing. Where is he's going to find somebody like that? This person who is now in dini circles and that is his response. Now what, where has this come from? That whole mindset has changed. So now this has become difficult to even imagine for him that somebody would be not engaged in this kind of fashion, this kind of dressing, this kind of attire, and the kind of clothing that their mothers are also perhaps wearing, and unfortunately if the mothers also got swept up in the fashion, then what their grandmothers are wearing, that is something that is unimaginable for them. Out of the question, it is like something you are proposing to somebody to wear something which is like a clown's suit, clown's uniform, to wear what my grandmother wears you want me to be dressing like a clown that is what it has become what is the result What is the result? The whole mindset has changed and when the mindset changes then the norms the Islamic norms, the Shari norms that looks like a very odd thing that looks like something, we don't know which world this came from or which world it belongs in that's not something that's applicable now, don't even talk about it don't even discuss it. It's useless talking about it. Who's listening? But Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, there are people listening. There are people listening. There are people taking a lesson. And from time to time, Allah Ta'ala reward them and Allah Ta'ala accept that from time to time, some message will come or some email will come that Alhamdulillah, after having listened to some talk or read some article on this, I have abandoned all this Western attire. And all these jeans And all these tops And all these tight-footing clothing And the v-necks And all the kind of things That are away from the dictates of Haya Alhamdulillah I've abandoned it Allah Ta'ala give them istiqamat And give them greater progress And Allah Ta'ala enable others also To follow in their footsteps So Alhamdulillah people are listening Even if the majority may be still doing What they want to do But people are listening and people are taking a lesson, and people are benefiting, Allah Ta'ala increase that, and accept it solely for His pleasure. The point again, we are digressing over and over, but whatever Allah Ta'ala puts in the heart, Allah Ta'ala makes it a means of benefit. The point we are making is, that the mindset is a vital thing. And according to the mindset, is what a person will act. The kind of mindset a person has, that is a kind of decisions a person will make, And that is the kind of actions that will flow therefrom. So what we were actually planning to speak about, in terms of mindset, is the mindset of giving preference to others, the mindset of compassion, the mindset of putting ourselves back and fulfilling the needs of others first. That is the mindset that Deen teaches us. And that is the mindset that we find that always existed in the lives of people throughout Islamic history. Initially, that was the norm and that was the general trend. Then it started becoming more exclusive to certain people, to certain groups of people, but it always existed. The numbers may have decreased, but it always existed. So just to understand what is this mindset about... And the best way to understand it is by means of some incidents that took place in the annals of Islamic history. We have repeatedly discussed and mentioned the incident of the Sahaba, the guest of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they took home and then they pretended to eat and they even extended, extinguished the candle and the lamp so that this person could eat his full. All this was done so that the next person's need could be fulfilled. Now, this didn't happen just by chance. It was the outcome of a mindset. The mindset that we should be giving preference to others. Others first, us last. In terms of privileges, in terms of putting others forward in fulfilling their needs. So this was where the Sahaba learnt it from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They practiced on this lesson of the Quran and Sunnah and then they passed it on. In the annals of Islamic history, there was a very great personality by the name of Layth bin Sa'ad Misri. He was a contemporary of Imam Malik. So he's a person of that zamana, that time, that era. And he was also a great jurist, a great faqih, a very great Imam of fiqh, who was of the caliber of Imam Malik also. This is Allah Ta'ala's Nizam and Allah Ta'ala's will that though at that time there were many, many fuqaha, great jurists of the caliber of the four imams of fiqh. But, they did not have those kind of students who compiled their fiqh and codified it. Like the students of the four great imams, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Their fiqh was compiled and codified the deductions of the Quran and Sunnah, from the Quran and Sunnah that they made. This was codified and this was put all together in one place. So thereafter, as the generations came, they could refer to this. And everything was ready for them. Everything was there. All the laws that were deduced from the Quran and the Sunnah was all ready for them. So therefore this flourished. And most of all, Imam Abu Hanifa, fiqh, flourished. So in any case, Lais bin Sa'ad Misri, he was a contemporary, he lived in the same time of Imam Malik, and he was a person of that caliber also. He was also a very wealthy person. According to some accounts, his yearly annual income was more than 80,000 dinars. 80,000 dinars. 80,000 gold coins. In this time, if a person is earning 80,000 Krugerrands every year, but then again, the Krugerrands, the buying power of it, which was that time, you must multiply that by another couple, maybe hundred. So now, in this time also, if somebody earns 80,000 Kruger Rands a year, so it's 80,000 times 10,000, or oh, I don't know, 12,000, whatever, whatever the price of the Kruger Rand is nowadays. So you can do the maths, and you can work it out. So it runs in the millions. And this was his annual income but zakat never ever became furs on him zakat never became compulsory on him, now how can that be person is earning 80,000 gold coins a year and zakat never became furs on him, how do you reconcile this, many might have already worked it out, very simple that as the income came he spent it spent it on what? spent it on all fancy things, having big dues and uh, lavish functions and wasting it here and there. No. On the poor, on the needy, in the work of deen. So as it came, he spent. And as a result, zakat never ever became fars on him. Now this spending in this manner is as a result of a Mindset. It just didn't happen like that. We can't spend some time on those who are needy around us, who are well known to us, who might be part of our family, who might be somebody that is day and night in our service, our own maids for example, our workers, our employees. Do we show that extra compassion? Do we part with things that on a compassionate level to make their hearts happy. One is, that this is your job and this is your salary and that is it. But on a compassionate level. So in any case, this he's spending eighty thousand gold coins. Well, whatever little he was fulfilling his needs with the rest, all he's spending away. Now one incident that took place again that highlights this mindset. Only a person with a mindset which is in conformance to the spirit of deen, to the spirit of sunnah, to the spirit of the way of life of Rasulullah Only such a person can act in this manner. bin Sa'ad Misri alayhi, he had some orchards. So, some traders came to buy the fruit from him. So he sold this fruit to the traders. So basically he, so to say, he wholesaled it. Now they were going to go and sell it as traders for a profit. So they came to buy it not for the sake because they were wanting to eat the fruit, they bought it so that they could sell it at a profit. So, in any case, the deal was done. He sold it to them, they paid for it. Now, the time when after the deal was done, they thought to themselves and they worked out whatever way they needed to take it and all that put together, they felt that now this is a bit expensive for them. It's not going to work out for them. They're not going to be able to earn any profit in this. Because sometimes maybe the person where he wants to take it and sell it, by the time he takes it and all the transport and whatever other factors they might be involved, it's not going to work out for him. So now they already bought it, so they it's theirs, they're obligated for it and they have to pay the price. But now they thought we're not gonna it's not gonna work out for us. So they came to Lay's bin Sa'ab again, rahmatullah And they said to him that, look, we want to cancel this sale. We want to cancel this deal. So please can you cancel this deal, take the fruit back. Now he is not obliged to do so. It's not something that he can be forced to do. Because the deal is done, it's their goods now. They must take it and go. But it is a great virtue to accept it back. It's a great virtue and great reward to accept it back. So in any case, he immediately accepted it because the mindset was deen. The mindset was not how I can make a killing everywhere. The mindset was that how I can make a killing for the akhirat. So here comes a person to return some goods and there is a great virtue involved in that. So therefore, I want to get the benefit of that virtue. So he returned. He took the goods back. He took that fruit back. Now he took the fruit back then so now the if they had paid the money he paid them the money back too so everything is over now that's the end of that story but then he went inside and he brought his own money bag now because this was a big consignment of fruit there was quite a few traders he took out 50 dinars 50 gold coins and he distributed those 50 dinars as hadiah among these traders who had come to buy this fruit and now they bought it and then cancelled it he gave them this 50 dinars among them as hadhiya. Now 50 dinars, 50 gold coins. So his son, Lais bin rahmatullah Rahmatullahi's son, he got very upset about this. How can you do this? Number one, you weren't obliged to cancel that sale. You cancelled that sale, so we lost out on the Prophet. On top of that, you giving them this 50 dinars also? So now what was his reply? now this reply is the thing that we need to reflect on it shows us the mindset of the person this reply shows us the mindset of the person this heart, this mindset we need to keep checking within ourselves what is our mindset? is our mindset the wisdom mindset? many a times people person will be performing five times salah will be reciting Quran Sharif will be uh, going for Hajj and Umrah and will be giving charity and many other Amal will be doing come the month of Ramadan. The person will make many khatams also. All this, mashallah, excellent, very good. Person will be making tahajjud also. But the mindset is still Western mindset. The mindset is still not sunnah. How? The person is performing five times salah. The person is making tahajjud namaz also. The person is making hajj and umrah. The person is making so much tilawat and so much zikr and so much charity. How can we say they got a Western mindset? That western mindset exposes itself, for example, when there's a function now, there's a wedding. Now the person wants to have their wedding in the Western style. Nabi Slaw is saying, Have your wedding in this manner. He's saying no I have it in the Western style. It comes to a person's dressing, that dressing exposes the mindset. Nabi Salaam, the Quran says basu Takwa that the libas in the clothing of taqwa is better. Person says, No, well, you know, now times have changed. Now everybody is dressing in this way, I could also follow that. So the mindset is Western. The Amal, Alhamdulillah, whatever Amal are there, that's a very good thing and very great thing. But the heart hasn't changed completely to Deen. The mindset is still Deen, uh, is still Western. So come holidays, that person also in their sometimes Islamic garb, they also in the middle of all the naked people on the beach in the middle of all that shameless crowd, in the middle of all that filth and nudity, that person is also on the beach. He says, well everybody's on the beach now, it's summer. Now is that kind the kind of environment that a person with a dinim heart can tolerate being there? But the person is quite comfortable, then his wife and children are there and everybody is there and everybody is quite happy about it. They are all frolicking in the water with everybody else, all What a kind of terrible, shameless situation. And everybody is quite happy about it. Nobody thinks, why? Because the mindset is different. The mindset is not deen. So this is the vital thing, to develop a deenie mindset. The deenie amal must be there. That's very necessary. Alhamdulillah, whoever is doing it, excellent. But that's not complete yet. Till the heart and mind doesn't change. Otherwise, sometimes those amal will get also pushed aside because of that western mindset so Lay's bin Saad Misri is the person we were talking about so now his son got very upset number one you cancel this deal and on top of that now you are giving them this 50 dinars as hadiah what is the reason for all this so now he replies and says that they came to buy this fruit in expectation of making a profit on it that they will sell it at a higher price and they'll make a profit, they are traders after all they are businessmen so that is what a business person does he buys things and then sells it at a profit so they came with the expectation of profit to make a profit now they cancel the sale so they can't make any profit out of this so I felt that at least let me do something to fulfill some part of their expectation of profit that they were supposed to buy this then sell it and after selling it they'll get left with some money in their hands now they're empty handed so their expectations completely got changed in disappointment I didn't want to see them disappointed so I gave them some hadiyah from myself that now they'll go back home they won't go empty handed they would have gone home with some profit if they managed to sell this at a profit now they're going to go home empty handed I couldn't see that I didn't want to see how they'll go home empty handed so therefore I gave them this hadiyah at least they'll go home with something Now, who can think like this? That person can think like this, whose mindset is the mindset that Nabi Islam has taught, whose heart is what the Quran Sharif has taught. They give others preference over themselves, even though they themselves are starving. That mindset, that heart. So, what is the crucial thing is to develop that mindset to develop that heart to put others first forget putting others first who are strangers to us we can't put our own close near and dear ones first our own brothers and sisters maybe sometimes we can't put them first we can't put our own parents first we can't put other family members first no I must have my way first and that person as long as what I want gets done that person can do what he wants she can do what she wants if she is feeling hurt about it, that is her business but what I want must get done our brothers our sisters our brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws maybe obviously not referring to now in any way uh, trampling the laws of Parda that just as an example person, his own brother-in-law or some woman with a sister-in-law or the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law now sometimes all these things get so mixed up that everybody becomes outlaws there's no more in-laws all become outlaws because they're out of the law not following the law the law of Allah the law of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of how to live with one another how to put oneself back with one step put the next person forward. We haven't learned this. Now this is what we come to Madrasa for. We have come to Madrasa to learn this, to learn this mindset, to learn this heart. Now with our classmates, this is the test now. Others will be later, but how do we deal with our classmates? I don't like her, so I'll put her down. And I must get my way first then if we can't practice this within our own classmates and our own uh, fellow students in the madrasa, then, and we can't practice it with our own own parents sometimes, then where are we going to practice it with anybody else? But these people are teaching us that with strangers, people are strangers to him. And they are businessmen. They will go and maybe buy something somewhere else. But he didn't have the heart to see them go empty-handed. No, they must be happy. So the heart to make the next person happy, to fill the next person's heart with happiness. Our situation is, I must be happy, even if somebody else cries. If somebody else is crying, that's their business. I will even make somebody else cry to make myself happy. Tease somebody, mock somebody, hurt somebody's feelings, so that I can get a laugh out of it. So I'll feel happy, even if that hurts the person, by my mocking, breaks that person's heart, makes that person cry, doesn't matter, she can cry as long as I get happy in the process now how far away this is from the way that we have been taught in deen from the mindset and the heart that we have been taught to create from the Quran and Sunnah how far away will this be, that where a person can feel happy to see the next person cry this is something which is far away from insaniat also, from humanity Let alone from the mindset that a mu'min should have, and from a person who is an ummati of Rasulullah. So, this requires that number one, we acquaint ourselves with the lives of the pious and their mindset, how they thought, how they lived, how they gave others preference over themselves, how they always put themselves back and others first, and then sit and reflect upon our own lives. This reflection is very, very vital and very important to sit and reflect. What did I do? How did I conduct myself in that particular situation? On that particular occasion, that particular incident took place. What did I do? How many times have I put others first? Let me think now my classmates. How did I conduct myself and my classmates? How many people did I really make happy with my conduct and how many people's hearts did I break? In my house, the people of my household, people at home, how did I deal with them? Yes, sometimes I felt maybe hurt, maybe sometimes I felt a little, uh, maybe that somebody else uh, got the better part of it and I got left behind. But, after all, I am an Ummati of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam these things is what he thought, the digest it but you make sure you don't trample somebody else's rights and you be the better person you take a step back and put others forward, so now let me reflect, now how many times have I done this with the people at home with the people in my class, with the people in madrasa with my teachers with my other family members with my neighbors now to sit and think, think of one one category at a time we just hear sometimes some talk, we hear some discussion, we read about something, mashallah, we feel nice about it. But then we don't reflect. We don't reflect upon what was discussed from our own perspective. Often what we if we reflect also about somebody else, I hope so and so is listening and I hope she's taking a lesson. So then we lost out completely because we're listening for somebody else. We're not listening for ourselves. But to take this lesson for ourselves, To think deeply And take one one category This is a very important thing And a very effective thing for one's Islah, for one's progress in Deen, for developing one's akhlaq And character, for developing The correct muasharat This reflection Surround and think, that incident how did I conduct Myself, was it right Was it the way that a person With the right mindset is supposed to have Conducted himself or herself that particular incident how did I go about it presently how am I conducting myself with my parents, with my brothers and sisters with my classmates, with my teachers is it the right way am I conducting myself in a way that shows that I got the right mindset, I have the right heart or is it exposing the weaknesses within me, is it exposing the diseases within my heart is it exposing all the evil qualities within me? And if it is exposing it, then that I could reflect on it. When I will reflect, then I will identify the problems. And then I will be able to take some advice for the particular problems and try to rectify it. We are all weak we are all insan, we have our weaknesses, we all have to learn and there's no end to improving, there's no end to learning. But when we won't reflect, we won't even recognise the problems and when we won't recognize the problem we won't even take any advice to try and correct it and rectify it and as a result the problem will only keep getting worse so this reflection now we've heard this so inshallah after this lesson is over now for at least two minutes everybody will sit very quietly and reflect just reflect reflect upon one's own conduct how have I been conducting myself what I have been doing how I've been conducting myself with my teachers, with my parents, with my brothers and sisters, with other family members, with my neighbors, and what is the akhlaq that I have? Do I have this correct mindset? And just in passing again, the same story, that plague. Am I also getting affected by the plague of fashion? By the plague of the wrong attire, wrong dressing? But in any case, for today, this subject matter is this, this mindset in general, this mindset of compassion this mindset of correct conduct so when we will reflect inshallah we will find that this realization will come, that where are my weaknesses where is the, which are the areas that I could now improve in, and when we will make the correct effort, inshallah summa inshallah, Allah ta'ala will give us a taufik to improve from ourselves, to develop the correct heart and the correct mindset, and in this way we will become beloved to Allah and and to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to people as well Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfeeq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa la shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana zhlamna anfusana wa illam lam lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin rabbi khfir warham wa وَاعْفُ وَتَكَرَّمْ وَتَجَاوَزْ عَمَّا تَعْلَمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَازُ الْأَكْرَمْ اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله أصحاب الجمعين والحمد لله